Hi everyone, my name is Anika Aftab and welcome to The Only in the Room, the podcast where we explore stories of some incredible humans that have felt like an only in a room full of people. Despite all of that, they decided to transform their experiences and leave a greater impact on the world. Remember, the only is not just a feeling, it's a movement. On this episode of The Only in the Room, we delve into the transformative journey of our guest, David Morin. From finding inspiration in butterflies to becoming a death doula, David shares his experiences of healing, self-discovery, and navigating the deaths of loneliness. Join us as we explore David's profound connection, music and poetry, his time in the Peace Corps, and his quest for self-awareness and purpose. Prepare to be inspired by David's courageous exploration of the darkness and his unwavering commitment to living a meaningful life. David, I am super excited for you to be here with me today. Um, Just before we start, I would love for you to spell out your name, your first and last name. Uh, Yes, uh, David uh, Morin, D-A-V-I-D-M-O-R-I-N. Amazing. Thank you so much, David. So before we get started, tell me where you're located. Who are you? (laughs) Um, I am currently in Tulare, California, temporarily, which is the center of the state of California. Um, Mm -hmm. It's about 45 minutes from 45 minutes to an hour from like Yosemite area. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm here temporarily. It's my hometown, but I came back while I'm transitioning careers (laughs) to buy me some time. And um, what was the second part of that question? So the question really was, where are you from? Um, Mm. And then we can just kind of jump right into questions. This is more like I haven't decided. I was actually talking to a friend yesterday about this. You know, most, most podcasts we talk about who we like, what we're doing, what kind of work we're doing. And I'm like, no, I just want to take the person for who they are, just their name, and then just jump right in. I don't know if that's going to work, but it's going to work for me right now. You're trying it. That's all that matters. <laughs> yep. And so I am curious, why were you given this name, David? Um, so I have the name David because, um, so my parents, I'm first generation American. My parents moved here from Mexico. Um, they didn't know each other when they moved here, but, um, so when my mom was here, it was, I believe she was in her like preteens around, it was around high school. Um, she converted from Catholicism to uh, Christianity to Seventh Day Adventist and her best, the father of her best friend of the family that like kind of took them under her wing and, and introduced her to the church. His name was David. And so she named me after a father figure of hers. That's amazing. And he's and, a and, wonderful man. Yeah. Yeah. And is religion strong with you and your family or with kind my of family. have you drifted away with your family? I drifted away. I definitely grew up yeah. in the church. <laughs> I was yeah. the Bible study guy. I, I helped start <laughs> a new church. Like I had left my denomination in high school and then I helped start build a new church like with people. And Wow. Um, yeah, it's pretty wild. But I ended up leaving leaving the church like in uh, after my freshman year of college, that sophomore year of college mm-hmm. around there. Yeah, yeah, and that's pretty normal, I think. With you know, just going to college, getting exposed to all these different new experiences. Um, but I, I think religion in, in itself is just so important, fu- fundamentally, to have those values, you know, instilled from a young age. Yeah, so, values in the community. 
I definitely, I do mm-hmm. miss the community aspect that that church provides. Yeah, absolutely. I understand that completely. So you're, you're in California right now and Correct. do you consider California to be home for you? I did. I mean, mm-hmm. I still say home when I say I'm coming to Tulare, but I think it's just out of habit. Like, yeah, I'm going home because mm-hmm. that's like where most of your family is. But if I'm being completely honest, nowhere has felt like home lately. <laughs> lately? It's been, yeah, like the last few years. I mean, the last four or five years I was living in, in Southern California and I moved mm-hmm. somewhere, it seemed like every year and a half or two years, like no place ever felt home. And so I kept moving. And then obviously that, that's it took several years to realize oh like obviously nowhere's going to be home until like you're comfortable with yourself <laughs> you know i kept running I was... <laughs> you just <laughs> answered my next question i was going to say why do you think that is yeah i kept running i kept running yeah. i mean i did i did peace corps and when i went in southeast asia honestly that place has felt more like home than a lot of places and that's really weird mm-hmm. but my host family there will always be a home for sure <laughs> i didn't plan on going there but that place is home yeah man and where did you can you tell us a bit about where you were sent and um uh yeah so i was um in timor leste east timor it's uh, in southeast mm-hmm. asia it shares an island with um indonesia but the island okay. of timor itself is the size of connecticut it's like north of australia mm-hmm. um is but it it's, in the it's a tiny island is it is it in the Micronesian Polynesian um, chains or no? Yes, it's in that realm, but it does share an island with Indonesia, so it's still part of Indonesia. Gotcha. I think the Micronesia is like when you get a little bit more out there, out into the yeah. uh, farther into the water, into the ocean. And, and you don't get to choose where you go for the Peace Corps, do you? No. So they had changed the process when I was joining. They had given they had given you a list of like five, and you said choose your top three. And that was never an option before. It was like, sign up and we go wherever the you hell we go. send you. Yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, I still didn't go to any of my top three. I ended up going wherever they sent me. <laughs> yeah. So, so what was your uh, reaction to seeing something like that? Because, I mean, to be honest, I actually have never heard of the country um, I didn't until either. now. So, so <laughs> you're like, where am I getting sent? <laughs> yeah. Well, because uh, a recruiter had called me. I was supposed to be hearing back on whether I got into Peru. That was my number one. And I see a number from DC and I'm like, oh, that's Peace Corps. And um, they're like, yeah, we're actually not calling about Peru. We're calling about Timor-Leste. And I was like, Timor what? Like, what is this? I've never heard of it. <laughs> and so I learned about it right then and there. And I had like a week to decide. And so I ended up just coming to the conclusion, like, I don't care where the hell I go. I just want the experience. Send me wherever the hell. And so, um, yeah. And so when I got there, uh, I was with a, tra- a host family for tra- uh, during my training. So that's mm-hmm. in the first two months. That's where you learn the language, you learn the culture. It's basically the place to make the mistakes <laughs> because mm-hmm. before that, after training, after you learn the language and, and get a grasp of the culture a little bit is when they send you to your own assignment where you'll be for two years. And wow. um, most cases that's like away from other Americans. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and the reason I say my family was home is because when I was getting homesick at my permanent site the place i was at for two years i would go to my training host family and i was only there for two months and so they felt like home and so i would go visit my host mom all the time and um and then when i I did a a vacation like uh, like a year and a half in i left for like 30 days and um like around southeast asia 
and halfway I was so exhausted and so tired and I was like I can't wait to go back home and home in my head was my host family like was Timor and I was like oh shit I made it like (laughs) I immersed (laughs) I'm homesick for Timor (laughs) that's amazing isn't it amazing that you can feel those connections with people despite how long you've known them it could be the shortest amount of time and you feel that connection I've known people for years and I don't even think they know my middle name. Like, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> so true. Um, I don't know so half I, my friend's birthdays. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why Google Calendar and Facebook exist. I will just put that out there for, for all sure. of my friends. I will. I have no idea. <laughs> but even a step further, it's um, um, it's that. But what was special about the host family is like we didn't even know the same language. Yeah. <laughs> so like how do you become so close when you can't even speak the same language so a lot of the times when i was having breakfast with my mom my host mom it's just us like just staring at each other and smiling <laughs> yep <laughs> or you know like those little bits of words and you're like good this good food is yeah good. <laughs> you're like, and then okay <laughs> but it was cool because then the longer i was there the more comfortable i got with the language mm-hmm. so the closer we were able to become over time so that was really cool because we had better conversations yeah that's amazing. That that yeah. is that's fantastic. Um, did you you know growing up? Did you ever think that you were going to join the Peace Corps? Is was that something that no was on like your mind? No, no, it was never on my radar. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, it was in college. Like we were getting ready to graduate college, and and one of my best friends, um, he had, uh, he's like, yeah, I'm fucking joining the Peace Corps. And I was like, oh shit, and I couldn't get past the two year commitment. I was like, nah, that's just too long. Yeah, that's a that's long, too long time. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then two years went by and I was at a job I hated. And I'm like, why the fuck didn't I do it? <laughs> like, this has been two years. This has been miserable. Like, fuck it. And so it just, it ultimately became a thing of, I'm going to regret this forever if I don't even try and apply. Yeah. And then wow. I got in. So I was like, oh shit, we're doing this. <laughs> that's incredible. That's so awesome. Um I, you know, I, that's something that I have always wanted myself to do. And now you're, I'm like, dang it. Am I going to go to the Peace Corps? I can't do this. I've got too much going on. But there's always a reason <laughs> not to do something. But when you do do it, it becomes such a, like a defining experience for you, I'm sure. And, 100%. And how long has it been since you got back? I got back uh, November. Oh, wow. November 2017. Oh shit, to the day. November 18th. November 18th to the day. It's been five years since I got home. It's been five years. The start of this podcast is a tribute to the Peace Corps. Um, I'm not sponsored by them, but this is not intentional. Nor do anything I say reflect the views of the Peace Corps. (laughs) (laughs) We got to put that in there just in case. Just in case someone from DC calls me up. Someone like from DC calls me up. I'm like, I didn't know, I didn't know. <laughs> um, okay, so let's switch gears because yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, That's so, so cool. I, that happened, I, one, one homework assignment that I gave you was to choose three songs that resonate with you, ba- like just in your your soul, you know. Yeah. And so, can you tell me what those three are, and then why those three? Yeah. So, I think these are a little bit fluid. Not fluid, right? I mean, I feel like every year there's a few different songs, but there are a few that stick. Um, the first song is actually a song that uh, it's it's called "Hold On" by Jet. 
And um, so this song fell off my radar for a long time, but it came back on my radar before I did a bunch of traveling in the last couple of months. And it it just resonated so much. Like the lyrics of that song resonated so much to where I was. And I probably listened to it like 300 times over vacation. <laughs> and so I think that's going to be a song on my queue for a while. Um, number two right now, I would say uh, is Amor Eterno by Juan Grabiel is a Mexican singer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. There's something about, it's not like I grew up listening to that song or anything, but something about that song in the last couple of years has just really reached a very deep part of me every time I listen to it. And, um, mm-hmm. and so it takes me into a very deep meditative state and it, it's also like about the transition I'm going into as well. I can talk about that later. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Transition is number... the theme. <laughs> <laughs> and number three, I would say uh, First Breath After Coma mm-hmm. by Explosions in the Sky. First Breath After Coma. Yeah. Um, thank you for those. And I did have a question of, about the second one. However, I just realized I forgot to do something. So I'm going to send you, I'm going to cut this out, but I'm going to send you um, a list of things. It's like five things. Essentially, I had everyone pick one that resonated with them most. So um, I'll have you go on Instagram. But it's essentially the, instead of chapters for my book, it's going to be sections. And the sections are broken down into these five categories. And I wanted to ask you, which of the five do you feel resonate with you most? Which object that I choose resonates the most? Um, out or which of the section? Five, yeah, yeah. Which section? Yeah. Okay. So I do you see it on Instagram, or did I just I just sent it? So sorry. Oh, I like can't no, believe that's I forgot fine. this. <laughs> that's fine. I was like, oh shit, I didn't forget, did I? <laughs> no, I forgot. <laughs> I I usually I purposely didn't send it before because I don't want you to think too much about it. Shame and success, pain and purpose. Anger and awareness, guilt and gratitude, sadness and school. And so what do you want me to choose? Which one I resonate with the most? Yeah. Not an object, what I resonate most. Yeah, this and that, which which one of those? So, and let me explain my logic behind it. I've personally always lived in the extremes and, you know, Mm. personally, I've, I've kind of felt like a dichotomy, you know, it's either this or that. And then something that my therapist once said was, what about ant? Like, why can't you be have shame but also have success? And I was like, I don't know. My brain doesn't allow me to think like that. <laughs> and so I decided, I was like, why not? Why not both? So. Um, I would go with pain and purpose. Pain and purpose. And we're going to circle back to it okay. as well. But as you were talking, I was like, oh, my goodness. I don't know what his theme is. Anyways, going <laughs> oh, back. Oh, wow, yeah. Going... My theme is definitely painted purpose. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. No, and I'm excited to talk more about it. Apologies. Um, no my worries. question, I guess, kind of circling back to the the music. So I don't speak Spanish. Um, can you tell me a bit about, and if I listen to this, so for all the other artists, I can listen to their song, you know, and understand through words or just through the beat or et cetera, the emotion that it elicits. So now someone who doesn't speak Spanish, why why that song what does it what does it mean to you so 
when I said I was in a um in a transition earlier, um mm-hmm. something uh a field I'm trying to transition into is uh being a death doula. And that is transitioning people, helping to transition people when they die. And since I've gotten on this journey of learning about it, um, I've had a a crazy fascination with, not crazy, but an intense fascination um, with how death is viewed in in the motherland in Mexico. And so, um, and I went for Day of the Dead and stuff just recently, but that's the song that like the whole country plays during that time. And, but also the, the performer, so it's a song of mourning. It's, it's about a death. Uh, I believe it was written um, when his mother died. And so, but I'm also learning that. <laughs> well, I knew that about Juan Grabiel. He is probably, he is one of the most passionate singers I have ever heard. And so when you hear him, it's like, whoa. And so I was just in this very raw and, and intense and vulnerable state within myself when I heard that song and it just comforted me in so many ways. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like when I listen to that song, I can tap into like the grief of the world a little bit more and just like, it's just a, a very intense moment of like compassion for me when I listen to it. Wow. Because you know that someone's in so pain listening to this. Yeah. I have so many questions now. Um, so first question is death doula. First and foremost, we, when we use the word doula, we just only assume that they're for birth. And so yes. the concept of a death doula, I'm assuming is equivalent to like hospice care or in that, no. in that realm. It's in that no. realm. It's in that realm. So what I want to do is, as a death doula is do everything except medical care, except medical attention. Gotcha. So I'm there to help them with the mental, emotional, spiritual, logistical, physical aspects of dying. Um, you know, whether it's, do you have a will set up? How, do, what do you want to happen with your body? What do you want to be there in your last days? Who do you not want to be there? So it's like, think of all of these things ahead of time so that when the time comes, we can be present and we have almost no presence in society. So my next question is, how do you, how do you manage the grief of others? That is that's a lot of emotion that comes with death <laughs> and ha- I don't have the capacity sometimes to manage my own emotions, let alone <laughs> someone that is dying. Well, first of all, it's something I, I, I've spoken to a few death doulas and they've all said, this is something you're called to. It's not something you stumble into. And it's something that's for sure been called to me. Um, to answer your question, I would say uh, I went, not that I know what it's like to die, but I went so long without caring about my own pain and my own emotions. You know, I always put everything on the back burner for everyone else that I've been to some depths. <laughs> I've been to some shit on my own, you know, and and experiences are, are relative to what everyone else goes through. No, not everyone's the same. But for me in my life and what I've experienced, it's been fucking intense. And there have been like times I'm on the floor in the fetal position, like having a panic attack. And I just went so long without having a healthy way to to do anything with it. So I would drink or I would smoke. And so I would make it all worse. (laughs) And in the meantime, take in more from friends. And so it's like I was a bottomless pit for the first three decades of my life. And then um, once I learned how to transform it and to heal from it and to begin healing from it, I'm not all healed from it, obviously, but 
you know, as, as much room as there is for pain, that's how much space there is for goodness now too. And so, um, yeah, that was just a long winded way of saying like, I've learned to hold space and that's about 90% of the job. And, and wow. it's also doing the work yourself actively because you can't be there for someone and expect them to answer these questions if you're not doing it yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and what changed for you? You said that, you know, three decades you were living this one way. Um, well, I think I just finally ran to myself instead of running to someone else, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, it goes to go, it goes together. I think it'll make more sense. Um, so in, uh, no, last year, it was either July or November of last year. I think it was July twenty twenty one. November's the month now. <laughs> it's my no, birthday now, month now. too. So, so last special. July, <laughs> it was last July. I felt called to do a a darkness retreat. Where uh, really it's like a darkness meditation retreat? Yeah, yeah. you're For in a pitch black room. Uh, three days. It was uh, three nights. Um, so I was called to do that. I don't know why. I was like, I'm terrified of the dark. Like I don't even like being in pitch black dark. But I'm, it's just I'm doing it. Whatever. And, um, and so what that, uh, represented was really just being with myself, like going into a room where like, I can't escape from myself. I'm going to sit here with myself, you know, it's pitch black, no phone, no books, no music, nothing. You know, there's a bathroom and a bed. <laughs> and so it's just like, I, I literally just locked myself in a room and say, you're not getting out of here until you figure this shit out type of thing. <laughs> Like you, it's extremes. Like, I don't know how to do it anything. Is. <laughs> no. How are you eating? Are you just like consuming soup? Like, yeah. What you... So it's with the retreat center. There's a, um, they build like a, a window thing where um, it's double sided. So they can open it from their side and put food in there without compromising the darkness. And then they knock on it. And then I get up and bring it out. And um, I'm just sitting there in the dark, just like, oh, what is this? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> and then, but but do you like when you're doing that? Did you notice tastes differently? Did you oh notice my gosh, sound? Yes. like because you're all you have, you're you've completely lost, yeah, sight, right? And that amplifies yeah. all the other yes. senses. Yes. So how so, how did it feel? Oh man, I enjoyed every meal so much. They were vegan. I never enjoyed vegan food so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I remember one morning I had a uh, oatmeal and I'm just there on this meditation pillow, just enjoying the fuck out of this oatmeal. And, um, I don't know where I, I chew into a pineapple and I was like, Whoa, where did that come from? But it was the most delicious thing I've ever tasted in my life. I was like, Oh shit. This pineapple is so good. Like better than any ice cream I've ever had. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was amplified like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. it was a very it, like enjoying experience i'm like oh i want to like savor this as much as i can but i want to eat it all right now because it's so delicious yeah oh my goodness i i mean i've and, heard stories oh sorry please continue no i was just uh so they have um paper and pencils there they're like if there's anything you need write it on on the paper <laughs> and so i'm just trying to write in the dark like thank you that was so good <laughs> That did not look like thank you. That was so good. I know that for a fact. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I took like a ruler. I tried it beforehand because I, I process a lot through journaling. Mm -hmm. and I was like, fuck, how am I not going to journal for a few days? But that was the right. point. That was the point. Wow. And and I've heard that people have seen 
you know, all sorts of things by those three days, right? Um, like, I didn't. Um, so I, I think that the visions come like after four days, three or four days, around the time when I left. Really? But um, transparency, I actually had to leave. I left 12 hours early, like when last night was starting, mm-hmm. um, because I had a scheduling fuck up. I started a day later than I intended. And if I would have stayed the whole time, I would have had to go straight to the airport when I got out. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm getting out and I'm going to go to a hotel. And so, but, but truthfully, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, by, by the time I did leave, I got what I went for. I felt content. Like I was like, I came what I, I definitely got what I needed, but, um, I forgot why I brought that up. What was the question? I think I'll just I just mean, give it a disclaimer. No, that is. Yeah. Here's another disclaimer. If you're going to do a retreat, don't go to the airport right after. A darkness retreat. Yes. Don't go to the airport Any right kind after. of retreat. You want at least the last night to enjoy. Yeah. But, yeah. Wow. And were, were you in like South America? Like was this here? This was in, in... Mexico. This is in Oaxaca. Okay. Because I am looking into it. <laughs> Very into much so. Yeah, I would love, love, love to do a darkness retreat. As an extrovert, I find it very hard to be alone. And so I'm actually just excited to see how spending time – I mean, there are multiple reasons why I'd want to do it. What were your – let me ask you, what were your motivations for wanting to do something like this? It didn't really make sense to me. It's basically – it was a really intense gravitation to do that. Like it was the same thing pulling me that pulled me to Peace Corps. And that was a very strong pulling. Like I'm never going to get over this if I never do it. So I'm just going to fucking do it. And so, Mm -hmm. and I think that was just a point I was in my healing journey where I was very ready to receive because the darkness is, is a very ancient. um, It's a very ancient practice. And it's when I went to Oaxaca, first they do a call and screening to make sure you know what you're getting into and that you've done some self care work. (laughs) And so, um, I asked them, I was like, hey, when I also go to Oaxaca, I'm planning on doing like peyote or or mushrooms or or something else or ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have as much healing as I can. And they're like, ooh, we no. if you're going to do the darkness retreat, you I don't recommend that. And I was like, well, why not? (laughs) I'm going to be there, you know, and they're like, well, it's like seeing two different teachers and you might get even more confused or more lost. And they're like, darkness is something very ancient. I think you should just take this and, and. let that do what it can and um oh and that's the reason i brought it up so in in a lot of ways it was that was me confronting death it was i think it was it just turned out to be me confronting my death because when you're dead what is there like it's it's literally darkness who knows if we're conscious for it or not but it's just lights out and so um full circle (laughs) full circle yeah it's so it was uh it was really cool so when i when i first got in there the um the guide he uh you know, he showed me some breathing techniques and then there was a candle in the room and he's like, when I leave, you're free to blow it out whenever you're ready. You can blow it out in an hour. You can blow it out tomorrow morning. It's completely up to you. Take your time. This is your experience. I was like, all right, cool. He leaves and I'm like, so I'm going into like a, a OCD mode a little bit. I'm like, I need to go over everything that where's this, where's that? Like, just so I know. And so I started getting caught up in my own head. I was like, fuck, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then I just had like a very gentle whisper in my ear. It was like, blow it out. Just blow it out. I was like, fuck it. (laughs) So I just blew it out right then and there. But the second I did, it felt like I had gotten the biggest hug in my life. 
it's like I felt consumed and I was like, oh my gosh, I felt so high. It was so intense. And so, um, and that's where I got um, the confidence, not the confidence. I think that's where I just really let it sink in. I was like, oh shoot, I'm a poet. Like it was in that, during that experience, not that, not that first night, but in that experience is where I walked away. Like, yeah, I'm a poet. There's no like denying that. <laughs> and your poetry journey has been, it's been a journey, right? It's taken a, a bit of time to come to fruition, but your full time now you're like, I'm a poet. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, that brings it full circle. That's what changed. I discovered poetry. I went to the dark, wow. to the dark room. And then I didn't discover poetry in there, but that's where it, it life slapped me. It was like, idiot, like you're a poet, like get out of here. Like <laughs> You discovered yourself. <laughs> yes. You discovered, discovered yourself myself. 100%. Yes. That is, wow, absolutely incredible. And how, how long ago was that retreat? Last summer. Last summer, July. So that's what you were <sighs> July 21, to. yeah. Yeah, I was there for wow. 4th of July, actually. <laughs> wow. I was in the darkness for 4th of July, yeah. That was in my Independence darkness. Day. That was my that's, Independence Day. <laughs> that's ironic, but, you know, we got to live in the extremes. That's that's amazing. <laughs> I don't – I'm still processing. Like, that is – an experience like that is so, so unique to you. And, I mean, I can go through that exact experience and have an entirely different yeah. um, outcome. And so that's why I just – Wow. I'm just amazed, David. I can't believe I didn't know about this. I, I will point out, though, the universe hug. So you said it felt like a hug. Oh I am pointing yes. it as a universe hug. I heard that a few days ago, and I was like, did you? The un I, I was like, I need a universe hug. Why haven't mm. I gotten a universe hug? I like hug better. I used to call it a, a high five from the universe, but a high five is weak. Like, it's a fuck. It was a bear hug. It's a you hug. Know? It's a bear. Yeah. The it's just, you know, it's greater than that. So yeah, that's, was, that's amazing. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> so I haven't even really looked at my questions. I've kind of just been <laughs> spitballing here, and I, I, I love it. And I, I prefer that, right? I love this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, but I do want to know, and, and so this kind of goes back to my book and why I reached out to you in the first place. Mm. And I've told you this is the book is called The Only in the Room. And it's because despite, I mean, because of what I look like, I felt like the only in the room, you know, female, person of color, an immigrant, first generation, all those boxes you can check off. I have felt alone in a crowded room because of that. However, the most most reasons why I felt alone or most of the times I felt alone is because of the journey that I'm taking, whether it be healing from trauma or, mm. you know, trying to change my mindset or trying to pursue something new that lights my soul on fire. But I look around and I'm like, I don't think anyone else gets this. So my question to you is, have you ever felt like you were alone in a room full of people? In, in in the same aspects, like physically alone in or like emotional, any spiritual aspect, alone? Have you ever felt it in general? Yeah, I think I felt that way for most of, not most of my life. I think the last 10 years after Peace Corps, when I got home, it felt like a lot of the rooms that were in were empty because, and I think it was what you said, it's to, it's to the growth. I'm like, literally none of you have, have any idea what I've just experienced. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And so in some ways it's funny because that I feel like that bonded me and my brother who were in the military a lot more because all the nuances of the experience, we understood each other 100%, except I wasn't going to war. I was just living in a foreign country, you know, 
but um yeah and so i think it was and a lot of it is is the voluntary stuff you put on yourself but um yeah i would say most of the time every room i felt in felt pretty empty and i think a lot of that was because i wasn't in tune with myself like it felt empty because so when i say i, I became a poet I've I've been a poet my whole life. It just took me that long to realize it and to express it. And so that was a very lonely journey, having all of these intense emotions and observations about the world, but nothing to do with them and knowing that no one else around you shares them. So yeah, I think that was incredibly lonely for a very long time of my life. Um, but uh, I will say the last time I felt like I, the first the end of that and the beginning of something new of never feeling in an empty room again was probably the third door retreat in, in LA. Can you tell us what the third door is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's where I had met you in person for the first time, but that was with um, yes. uh, a book, the third door by Alex Benayan. Um, it's this incredible changed book. Changed our lives. Changed our lives. Yeah. Um, Alex had started some mentor sessions of when COVID first hit, like like the same month COVID hit. I think he just launched these sessions, and um, we had he had built this virtual community for a couple of years, and then he finally did an in person retreat, and it was incredible. Um, what was funny though, thinking of, talking about empty rooms, I think I mentioned this to you when when they started the Zoom sessions, I I stepped away because I felt like I was alone even in that virtual room just because really? of my own, yeah that's how like badly i felt about myself at that point wow um yeah but and um, and when you came so the conference was only a few months ago in july or june july four I think. months ago yeah july. wow um what did you feel alone in that room like there no, was like 250 no, was... of us <laughs> i was no i was listening i was like over 100 there was I thought it was over. I thought it was 200. It was a lot know. of people, but <laughs> there was a lot of people in a very small space. <laughs> yeah. It felt no, like that was the first time I was among strangers, but didn't feel alone. And so that was, but yeah. that was also, I think that reflects where I was in my own journey because mm -hmm. I was finally at a point where, um, I, well, like I said, like, so that was almost a year after I, I realized I was a poet and then it took me mm -hmm. a year to finally claim it like out with people instead of independently, you know, there was this room of entrepreneurs and like all these founders and, and so super successful people. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a poet. Just try to figure it out. <laughs> but and even you... then I didn't feel alone. And yeah. so that was awesome. And your, your poetry. So what would be the right terminology? Your not, it wasn't a speech, your presentation. Your poem? My performance. Your poem, yeah. your performance. There's the word. <laughs> it's a little too early. I haven't had my caffeine yet. Um, your performance, I just remember. I still, I'm thinking back to it right now. I have goosebumps mm. right now. Just thinking wow, about how powerful it was. I just, mm. David, do you have a way with words and you're able to, you know, just embody emotions that, I didn't even know I had, let alone had words, to, you know, put, you know, put into words. And so I just, Thank I just you. want you to know that I know mm. you've, you're like stepping into yourself. It's just, you are, you are definitely stepping into yourself and it, it shows it, it really does Thank because so much. the entire row that. was, we were all just, you were just feeling it. All the emotions. And that was, so. that was the first time I shared a poem from memory. 
So that was a really big step for me too. That is incredible. And wow. I just, I just have to say, (laughs) what, where can, where can our listeners um, go to, do you have like poetry out yet? Do you have an Instagram? No. Well, I have an Instagram. Yeah. I'm on Instagram currently at a, uh, so my last name is Morin, M-O-R dot in tune, M-O-R dot I-N-T-U-N-E. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I have I have like written poetry there, but no, I, I my my strength I'm I'm beginning to learn and understand thanks to people like you telling me is is in performing it and letting people hear it and witness it. And so um, I'm definitely gonna start making some reels of that. Yes, but um, the Instagram, yeah. you know, and will... even in in my podcast, I've recorded thirteen episodes so far, and I think I only share one of my poems like twice or three times. It's like. No, I think I need to put my shit out there a little bit more. <laughs> so that's something I'm working like on. <laughs> two sentences in the beginning or something. You need to start with mm. it or end with it, you know? I'm gonna or end both. Do both. <laughs> both. Yeah. yeah. That's that's amazing. And I mean the Instagram. Well, thank you so much for your words. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but going back to something that you said that was really interesting to me, I've had this conversation about being the only in the room with many, many people. And your perspective on how you had said, I was just not in a, a place, you know, I was in a bad place or I, I made myself feel alone. I was, I was self-isolating. That's, you know, for once you said it, I was like, that was a click for me. I was like, wait a minute. Mm. <laughs> that is, that is true. And my question is, how do, how do you get out of that? Like, what, what advice would you have for someone that is, self-isolating and they don't realize that they are because Um, well first i would say logistically and practically um stop going to places you don't want to go to (laughs) most of the time i forced myself (laughs) (laughs) yeah most of the time i forced myself to go out because i was uncomfortable being alone and so like i remember there's a couple years stretch i'd go to the clubs every weekend and i fucking hate clubbing (laughs) <laughs> and so obviously I'm gonna feel alone if I'm gonna keep going in settings I don't want to be in and mm-hmm. so stop doing that number one <laughs> um and I think you'll get comfortable setting boundaries after that but number two is um eventually you're just gonna have to sit with yourself eventually you're gonna have to ask yourself why you know and I think instead of just accepting things as they are I've always felt this way it has how it's how it has to be it's like no those are just feelings and emotions that you've let control and so um yeah, it's at some point, I heard a quote the other day that I've been repeating a lot, but like, there's no such thing as rock bottom. You know, it's rock bottom is when you've had enough. <laughs> and so what's your tolerance like? If you have a big tolerance, um, I mean, that something magical is going to be on the other side of that, but, <laughs> but it's going to be a bitch to get there. Um, yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, you just have to be comfortable with yourself and with silence and, um, self-awareness get that self-awareness game up for sure that's amazing i don't know if i completely answered it but no i mean i don't think that there's one answer i just i'm curious to know kind of what was it what was it for you i mean for me i mean yeah oh please (laughs) well no it was what i've been saying well besides that it was poetry like poetry you need to transform it somehow like there's one thing to acknowledge it and you have to do something with it whether it's sharing it whether it's writing a book interview whatever it is you got to do something with it and that's yeah. where and creation, where creating comes. Anyways, yeah, go on. I love that you use the word transform in general, and and I'm excited to to transition into the the 
the the object <laughs> that would represent transformation. However, transformation in general, when I talk about it in my book, it's it's you know taking the energy of like your past experiences or what you've done, like the the mindset that you had, all that negative, and transforming it into something positive, something that leaves an impact. And for you, it seems to be poetry. And, or it is not seems it is poetry. Yes. I would say that's one way to do it. It's, it's, it's definitely <laughs> my North star and figuring it out. Yeah. yeah. And so tell me, tell me about what about poetry like inspires you and what inspires you to write poetry on both sides. Um, everything inspires me to write. <laughs> and that's what I, that's kind of what I say when, so I, w- I recently went to this poetry retreat and it was really funny because a girl there asked me, she's like, when you write stuff like this, how, how do you turn it on? Like, how do you access that? Yeah. And like, it's funny. I was like, you really want to know the secret? I'm always on. Like, <laughs> I can't ever turn this off. It's it's a double-edged sword. Like, I think I mentioned this to you last time. Like, I, I really can't turn it off because like, I'll have breakfast with my grandma and see her, her, her veiny arms. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking about death and got a death poem. And it's like, I just want to enjoy some fucking pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I can't turn this off. And so- um yeah I think I went into a tangent there but it's always on and so in that way everything is inspiring like if you're not inspired you're not looking hard enough because there's something everywhere Mm -hmm. Um, do you find it hard to be present if you're thinking that there's just so much to write about um yes yes and no so that's interesting um I did for the longest time I was like I need every idea I was like whenever I get an idea I have to write it down I have to start something like I didn't want to let it go away, you know, but then the more I internalized and started saying, like, I'm a poet, like, this is, this is my reality now, I'm going to have things always coming to me. And so I'm, I'm really trying to be a little bit more abundant with that, you know, how people have like abundance with money and stuff, obviously, I want money with abundance, but I'm beginning to have abundance with ideas and lines. And so when stuff comes to me, I'm like, yeah, I really need to write that down. But like, if I can't, and if I can't remember it, like, I'll get another one. Like, <laughs> it'll come yeah. back. There's always going to be something. And so I don't know if that quite answered your question, but. Um... Absolutely. And and I think when it does come back, it's, it's the time for it to come back, right? Yeah. I'm a personal believer that, you know, things are, when they happen, it's because it was meant to happen around that time or when it, you know, it did. So yeah. all for it. <laughs> yes, you're answering my yeah. questions. There's no right answer to any of these questions, David. <laughs> That's but uh, yeah, so inspiration. Uh, yeah, inspiration is everywhere. Um, and so I think it's it's mostly. So I'm easily inspired and I'm easily moved, and so I think it really comes down to what's what's something you have to say about that. Or how you all, I always try to bring it back to a personal experience because that's how people receive things the most. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I think when you when you feel the power, what first inspired me to write was was hearing a poem and witnessing a poem. And, uh, and there was one poem in particular that um, it just it hit me. And a lot of it was, I think, because it had roots of, of the death doula transition work I was going to do. Um, and had some ties to that. And so that's why I felt so called to it. But ultimately, I had heard a poem that inspired me so much. And that couldn't make me like I couldn't sleep. And I was like, Oh, shit, like, I want to impact people that way. I want to move people that way. And um, yeah, I just wanted to get in the mix. I was like, wait, why do I only have to consume this? I can I can do this too. 
Yeah. And, and that's so funny. I was, my next question was going to be, how have you, have you been able to bridge that gap between, you know, those, um, the feelings of death and in your poetry, have you been able to kind of combine those two or? <sighs> well, that's in this transition period I'm at. I'm in a point where I am trying to combine it because. Really? Yeah. Um, obviously poetry is always going to be poetry, but I think when it comes to death, because that's something we're so afraid of to talk about, or we're so taboo, at least in Western society, not all societies and cultures need to talk about death. They have plenty of death going on. <laughs> but yeah. at least for where we're at right now and the type of healing we need, um, I think it's just a new avenue to explore that. And I, I've experienced poetry, poetry to be an energy of itself. And that's why it's my, my new religion, because um, I feel like if, if you do something with the intention of it being a poem, you're inviting an energy to help you facilitate that and to use you for it. And so, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. So essentially, yeah, when, with poetry, um, it's, it's definitely a life-changing force. And so, um, yeah, I forgot exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> no, you're okay. You're okay. Uh, yeah. um, I, I am curious. So, I mean, knowing you, we've we've only spoken a few times. I'm pretty sure only maybe once or twice, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, which is amazing. Seriously, it feels I, like a lot longer. I, I, I was going to say, I was like, wait a minute. I feel like I've known you my whole life. <laughs> um, something you mentioned and we haven't talked about, like touched on yet, is the, the uh, butterflies. So I know that is very meaningful to you and i'd love 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 to explain i would love for you to explain why that is and why what butter what do i what about butterflies david tell me about butterflies we've been <laughs> oh waiting God. for this moment <laughs> butterflies okay so when i first started writing poetry I, I joined this um poetry course and it's where you kind of submit your poems and then they give you feedback and i shared this poem one day called social butterfly about myself and it was just like a throwaway poem I was almost going to delete the whole thing and um one of the girls from class was like there's a lot more here that you're not showing like there's a lot more here and I was like what are you talking about so I started googling butterflies and ever since then my life's never been the same um <laughs> so essentially butterflies have been my muse and what I'm trying to do with my first book is um kind of translate the human experience through that of butterflies and so the first thing that really spoke to me was um, the plant that they eat. It's called milkweed. And this plant and the butterfly, it's really cool. They've had like this arms race throughout their existence where the plant, so the plant's poison. It's poison to all but like nine or 10 species of insects, even the humans. Um, so um, the, the, the plant has been trying to kill off the butterflies from eating it. And the butterflies continue to learn how to adapt it as energy and um, ultimately protection. So the colors and the wings are from the poison and that allows the birds to be like, oh shit, don't fuck with that. Like we're going to die if, <laughs> if we mess with that. And so ultimately what, what the milkweed represented to me was um, all, all of the vices that I was and still am battling with, you know, like our milkweed is, is, is food. It's, it's alcohol, it's weed, it's sex, but it's drug addiction, whatever it is, we all have a poison. And um, whenever we've decided we've had enough is when we can 
transform that <laughs> into our superpower. And so anyways, since then, um, butterflies have just been showing up in my life all the time, whether metaphorically or um, in person. Like when I tell people about my books, about what I'm writing or something, a butterfly will just fly right behind me. <laughs> when there's like none around, like where'd that butterfly come from? And so, mm -hmm. um, so the other really fascinating aspect that really captured me is that they migrate to Mexico every year for their uh, migration. And they do bird level migrations and they're an insect. So the equivalent of a human doing that journey is to walk around the globe 11 times. <laughs> and so these are these flying what? raisins. Yeah. And so when, when they flap their wings, they're using 20 times the amount of energy it takes. So obviously that's not sustainable. So they have these antennas that figure out how much wind there is, if there's enough wind to take them on their next journey. And they have another antenna to detect where the sun is. Anyways, I'm getting too, too in the details here. But they go to Mexico every year. And this is when I'm learning, like, I am in this deep search of, like, my own heritage. I'm like, I'm going to Mexico, too. Like, <laughs> and so um, they, um, not only that, but their arrival tends to coincide with uh, Day of the Dead. And so the community around believe, yeah, <laughs> full circle. And so, I mean, imagine I'm just getting lost into this, this poetry of life of, of all this that's going on. And so they've been my muse for a very long time. And so I was like, I, I got to fall into Mexico. Like <laughs> I have to go there for day of the dead. And that's, that's what I just, the trip I just got back from. Oh, recently. Yeah. I was just there a couple weeks ago for the end of uh, wow. day of the dead is November 1st and 2nd. November 1st and 2nd. Wow. And first and foremost, I feel like as you were speaking, I'm like, you're so aligned with the universe. You you well, are. What, I mean, what about what I said? Just, just, just the fact that like how you just talked about the story of the butterfly. David, you just talked about your own story <laughs> in a way. And then it's and then you said the day of the dead. And I'm like, did we just not talk about the day of the dead? Like, 20 minutes ago in this conversation <laughs> like and did we just not talk about death and transformation and putting in hard work to have to behind it all manually get yourself to where you need to go this is just very much <laughs> it's it's full circle i've never yeah. i've never experienced this but listening to you talk about it i'm like oh my goodness you must be getting blessings left and right from the universe because you I... are sir in tune and your your instagram is in tune <laughs> just just putting that out there it's <laughs> oh, no no i mean yeah my life has been stupid rich with blessings and just coincidences when I, so part of the trip was going to morocco um the poet who inspired me to write ended up posting a retreat there the same time i was going to be there like that was unplanned <laughs> and if i hadn't if my if I didn't listen to my intuition to purchase a one-way ticket earlier in the summer before I even knew about the retreat, I probably wouldn't have been able to attend. Like Morocco, it's not even like it's like you know <laughs> it's like Nebraska, LA like, it's like Monica, yeah, it's not like right San, like Santa Monica, California. It's it's and, Morocco. <laughs> you got a one-way ticket. I was ready there for a wedding. <laughs> like, I was the ready there for a friend's wedding, and so it was just like what the, in the same city, just... in the same country, in the same continent. What the fuck's going on? absolutely incredible <laughs> i just i just want to say like i i have i'm just i don't even know how to respond because i feel the 
just the power of the universe in this conversation mm. it is amazing and and i'm so i'm so happy for you that you were able to not only find yourself but find so much of we talking about pain and purpose right <laughs> yeah that's why i was like yeah that's 100 percent me it's like experiencing your purpose is in your pain. the pain the purpose is in the pain but you learn you learn about your purpose through that pain mm. and i mean i'm i know there's other ways but it is so so gratifying and like once you have that right and how do you continue to maintain it what advice would you have for someone that seems like they found it and then then what um well i'm still figuring that out i mean i've only i haven't been writing two years yet (laughs) so i'm still very young (laughs) in my and, and figured this out and that's why i say it's a religion because it's you know people in religions they're reading the bible in their books all the time they don't stop and so it's something i'm continuously going to be learning but um, for me, it means just trusting yourself, just trusting yourself more. Once you get to a point of awareness and once you realize, like, I am in these empty rooms, let me listen to the voice telling me I'm in an empty room. Where does, where does it want me to be instead? You know? And, um, and it's not easy. Like if it were easy, everyone would be doing it. <laughs> and so you have yeah. to, at some point, just when you're ready for a change, um, explore you know it took me speaking of alex's book i read that book in 2019 and was ready to change my life after that but it's like i was still lost i don't know what the fuck to do (laughs) and so it took it took about two years after that until i discovered poetry and so it's just finding these breadcrumbs that lead you to more and more breadcrumbs like we're just ants following the loaf when it comes down to it 100 percent. we are just ants following the loaf (laughs) <laughs> I love it. That's I, I was telling the other conversations I've had. I'm like, we're getting t-shirts. Like everyone gets their own tagline. <laughs> Ooh, you can, you, can, taglines. you can have, um, honestly, I can't tell you. I remember there's some, Oh, uh, the last one I heard was monks or gangster. That's, that's right there. The monks are gangster, dude. <laughs> exactly. They have to wake up every day and be like, yeah, I, I want this. I don't care about the world stuff like every day. Oh, a quick, uh, can, I, can I do a quick detour yeah, in the dark room? Please, in that? please. Something fascinating I, I learned after the fact uh, over a year later. Um, so this is going to sound very like pretentious of me, but it's something I'm working through. So I didn't realize until after the fact that the definition of nirvana is to extinguish like a flame like (laughs) it's something so simple it's just extinguishing like a flame blowing out a flame and that represents our life you know it's like when when we're just yeah so i this is why i say i I sound pretentious because i feel like i got a crumb a little sliver of nirvana of what that experience could be like when i blew out the candle in the dark room because it was like Mm -hmm. just a complete surrender and i feel like that was that big hug that I got so like after that I had a lot more respect for monks <laughs> like those dudes are gangsters <laughs> <laughs> back to monks being gangster this is gangsters, the second yeah. second episode telling you that <laughs> that is wow that is amazing I had no idea about that definition either so that's pretty pretty interesting um, yeah. so I know we're coming up on time I did have a few more questions first yeah. and foremost um, before we get to the fun questions the last question I wanted to ask you um, was what advice would you give little David? As pissed off as it'll make me, I'll just say keep going. 
<laughs> because I don't want me to change track. Like I wouldn't change anything. And so, but it's going to suck what I'm going to, <laughs> what little David's going to go through. And so maybe if I would give some advice is, um, be quiet. Like, just be quiet. Just shut up. Like, <laughs> because I, I, I could never shut up. Like I had to talk to someone to be comfortable. And so, um, yeah. And I want to keep it vague because like I said, I don't, I don't know if my life would have turned out this way if I found poetry or whatever my expression was 10 years ago, maybe it would have just been a hobby and I'd still be lost. And so at this point, the way it, it's transformed my life, it's given me direction and new purpose. And so it's like, maybe I'd say buckle up, like it's going to get hard, Obi. <laughs> Keep going, stay quiet and buckle up. <laughs> Poor little David. I love <laughs> it's that. It's gonna Thank be okay, little David. <laughs> Thank you for putting more t-shirt, more t-shirt designs. I got you. <laughs> what is, so what, what was it all together? It was uh, keep quiet. Oh no, keep going. Be, keep quiet and buckle up. Keep going. Be quiet and buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that. like something my mom told me when I was crying in the car. <laughs> Something along sorry, those lines. sorry, little David. You'll thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Follow the butterflies. My, my, my little thing to little David is it's going to be okay. Big David's got it. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. <laughs> he's yeah, not that real. mean. I promise you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So let's switch gears. We only have a few more minutes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I love this question. I love to ask this question is if you were a breakfast food, which food based on your personality? Which food are you choosing and then why? Mm. You know what's funny? I was thinking about this. I was like, no, that's fucking stupid. But I would be a side. A side? side. So this is in America. People outside of America don't uh, probably um, don't know know this because uh, our portions are so fucking huge here. (laughs) So like when you you come here, you go to a diner, whatever base that you're going to order whether it's pancakes or country fried steak or whatever, um, they'll bring some uh, uh, mashed potatoes. No, the gravy and potatoes. What is it? A sausage and gravy. There's sausage and gravy, gravy and potatoes, mashed potatoes whatever and gravy. Whatever it is. All those <laughs> their options in America are unlimited. Exactly. <laughs> Abundance so, is key. <laughs> so the one that I'm used to is, is the sauce, the biscuits and gravy. Biscuits and gravy. And it's not even my favorite food, but it's like yeah. – I I'm coming to terms that I've always been a lot for people. Like I've been a lot to handle because I never had a way to express everything I've got going on. And so it's like, but I'm still that way. (laughs) And so it's like, I'm the biscuits and gravy. Like you can't handle all that. Don't come over here to me because I'm not like, no, you got to be willing to have an extra serving of of some humanity. If you're going to hang around me. I love it. I think, uh, yeah, I'd be a side. (laughs) I'll take a side of biscuits and gravy and I need to start eating before I do these because now I'm starving. I'm instantly starving. So when you got another one coming up, I love it. I absolutely biscuits and gravy. I love it. Are you choosing biscuits (laughs) and gravy or just any kind of sides? I would just be the side, the side side. that, yeah, I would just, I guess so. But then I don't want to say you have to be gorge yourself to enjoy my company, but I'll I'll regret that answer down the way. (laughs) 
You can change it anytime, I promise okay. you. But okay. I will say something that you did say that was interesting was where you said that you're too much, you know, or like you've been a lot. And I was having this conversation recently about capacity, you know, mm-hmm. where I, I said, I, I was saying how recently for me, the more I've been, and this is another t-shirt idea. It was stopping a cup, have a bowl, like become a bowl. Uh, like hold yourself, you know, and maybe, maybe David, and I'll just say this is maybe your whole life you've been the bowl with the capacity to love, to have these emotions, this, it, like, you know, the amount of it and people just have been cups. So they haven't been able to take it. Yeah. And, and that goes to being an empty room. I'm a bowl in a room of cups. Like <laughs> you're a bowl in a room of cups. There you go. Basically. <laughs> I didn't realize we were going to get so many inspirational taglines that no one ever is going to understand. <laughs> That's so funny. That's my life. Can you... That's... You're a poet. You're... I'm a poet. You're a poet. We're all poets. <laughs> well, this has been amazing. And we are exactly on time. And I just want to say thank you so much, David, for joining me and for you know supporting me in my journey with this book and this podcast and aligning myself to the universe is there anything last minute you'd like to say i want to leave a yeah i want to try what i'm going to try closing my podcast with it's short i think you'll like it absolutely all right so this is one of my it's short um but it's something i wrote that i can't stop repeating um i don't care about the answers it's to the questions i'll run questions are the answers if you know where they're from Wow. I I love it. And I think that's perfect for, you know, that's what we're doing here. We're asking questions. We are. Yes. Wow. (laughs) I love it. And I I I think that you should. It was perfect. And I, (laughs) I look forward to hearing more about, you know, your, please create a page, create reels. I want to share. And I also want to listen because I want to feel. We didn't go through all of the questions, questions. Mm -hmm. half the questions. And that's completely okay because really the purpose of this for me was do I feel less alone in a room full of people or when I'm talking to someone and I I didn't I, I didn't feel alone right and I felt like we connected and that's all that mattered to me so uh, what we should have done though I was thinking of a secret word I'm gonna maybe put this in but if you're a listener and oh <laughs> that was so cool right yeah so I thought the secret word for our podcast episode should be pineapple oh I like it because of that burst of the, what you felt, you know, when yeah. you bit into the Ooh, pineapple. pineapple. I, I just pictured it in my head as soon as you mm. said it. So if you're a listener and you would like to connect with either David or I and send us <laughs> the word pineapple. <laughs> there you go. That's I it. dig it. Hell yeah. Say some sense of pineapple. I love it. Pineapple. Pineapple right, awesome. and oatmeal. Well, no, thank you so much, David. This has been absolutely <laughs> incredible. I... Let me know if I can do anything for you and I'll keep you posted on all of this as well. Yeah. And um, be uh, ready to hear from me. I'll want to interview you soon. Yep. Please do. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the only in the room. If you like what you listen to, give us a follow on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. The handle is at the only in the room. That's T H E. O-N-L-Y-I-N-T-H-E-R-O-O-M. If you want to connect with David, you can find him on Instagram at 
more in tune. That's M-O-R dot I-N-T-U-N-E. I hope you have a wonderful day and I hope to see you on our next episode.